Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast, where we discuss the gospel, freedom in Christ, and victorious Christianity. My name is Emily Lewis, and I am so honored that you are here. Sometimes Christianity can feel complicated or become heavy. I'm here to lighten that load. I pray that the chats had on this broadcast will empower and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hi there, friend. Happy afternoon or evening, whenever you're catching this. So glad you're here. Today, I want to talk about Bethel and what that means, Like, because in Hebrew, that means the house of God. So what does that mean? What does that mean for our everyday life? And like how that can give us insane confidence. So uh, if we haven't met yet, my name is Emily and I help Christians go from fear to love in their relationship with God. So you can live confidently and without fear and shame. So Bethel, like the house of God, why that topic? So we first see that in the story about Abraham when he is um, leaving his father's house and he follows God to go out and do um, do what God has called him to, which is crazy scary because God said, go out from among your people. And Abraham followed and obeyed and then meets God along the way. And he, he memorializes the place and says, you know, I saw God here. This is Bethel. This is the house of God. And so that's where we see the word originate from, but where do we see it? Like, what does the house of God really mean? So the first place that God dwelled with us, where his, made, he made his home, made his house on the earth was in the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And he dwelled with them, talked with them, walked with them. They knew his voice. They knew him. So the garden was the house of God. And then through the fall, we see the access to God was more restricted and was in the tabernacle or in the temple behind the veil in the Holy of Holies. And it was not as easily accessible to have that close intimate relationship with God. And that's what sin does. Sin separates us. Mistakes separate us. Um, our uh, inability to like, do, do right completely, it separates us. And we see that example with the veil. And then moving forward, um, like thousands of years, you see God in the flesh, in Jesus, dwelling with us. And God made his home in Jesus, if I can say it that way, um, in keeping with the like the Bethel idea, but that idea of God in the flesh with us, walking with us again, is incredible, right? That's, that's mind blowing. And I know I probably overuse that word, but it's incredible that Jesus dwells with us and gave us an example to follow and did what we could never do and paid our debts and uh, redeemed him, redeemed us to himself. All of that. Amazing. 
Then what I'd like to like focus on and land on, because I know this is a really fast overview and that's, it's all loaded. But what happened when Jesus died, he tore the veil. He didn't. The veil tore when he died. And it was a thick, like think layers thick curtain, right? Those of you who know the Old Testament know, like it was this crazy thick curtain. It was not a a small thing that this thing tore. But when he gave up the ghost, he died. He surrendered that, his life. The veil tore in the temple that was prohibiting people from going into the holiest of all, from personal access to God. And I know that's like, that's a sermon in itself. Um, my girls have a picture book that illustrates this, uh, this access to God and how it changes. But Jesus died giving us access. We, we can walk through and have, the Bible says, boldness to enter the throne of grace. We don't have to, like the priest in the Old Testament would have been super nervous. I, it talks about um, this being so holy and sacred that they would tie a rope around the high priest's ankle when he would go in, like just in case he got struck dead. Because <laughs> that's how much, how valuable and crazy it is to be in the presence of almighty, all holy God, who is also, he's also good, but all holy. That's how, how big of a deal it is with the veil tore and gave them complete access. Like that's, that's incredible. So now we're back to where Jesus is and talking about Bethel. When Jesus dies, the veil tore and then it's dark for a few days, not physically dark, but like, you know, Jesus was gone. The leader was gone. His disciples are like, and we, we followed this guy. We thought he was the Christ, the anointed one. And now he's gone. Can you imagine for those, that dark weekend, how terrible that was? They didn't know the significance of any of this. And then moving next to he raises again, like, wait a second. Okay. Now the story has taken another big, big twist. And he spends those 45 days on earth with them. And we still see God in the flesh with them. And when he leaves, he says, I just said 45 days. I might have, I might be off on that. So don't quote me. But anyway, he spends a significant amount of time, appears to thousands of believers, and then ascends up into heaven. And he tells them before he leaves that he is going to send a comforter and wait for him. He will come. And I wonder what they thought that would be, right? What would you think it was? Like, what, what is this going to be? And it shows up and there's, there's flames and a moving and then the day of Pentecost and so many incredible things. But what, what do you think was going through their minds through this? Uh, what was like while they were waiting, Jesus said, I'm going to give you this comforter. So they waited after he left. It was probably another really unsettling time. The Bible kind of describes them back in their, back in their room, back in their houses with the, the doors shut and sealed. 
until the Holy Spirit shows up for them. And the Holy Spirit then does not leave. And this is what's so unique about this promise. See, we can look through all of scripture and see God moved. We can see the spirit moving. We can see him interacting with people. And, but he, but he comes and then he goes. And what's unique about this promise that Jesus gives is the Holy Spirit comes and doesn't leave. That's incredible. That's new. That's not been done before. And that is God dwelling with us. That is God making his home in us. So he used to, like, this is, this is where, why I told the whole timeline story. He used to dwell with man in the garden. Then he dwells with uh, man, but behind the veil in the tabernacle in the temple. And then he shows up in Jesus, as Jesus in bodily form. And then we get to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. We God dwells in us. We are the house of God. That's crazy. That's so cool. God Almighty chooses to dwell with us. You know that that feeling where you maybe get a little bit homesick. Uh, maybe you just want to belong. You want to fit in. That longing for acceptance. Not only are you accepted, but God chooses to make his home and dwell in you. And so when we look at Bethel, the house of God, God chooses to dwell with us. And it says in Ephesians 3, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Then you being rooted and grounded in love so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I think I just read that twice. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, like Christ making his home in us. Uh, And how does that change how we live? Like he's in us, he's empowering us. There's not, it's not up to us to strive and make it work it all out. Like I said on the podcast last week, it's not us having to figure out the how and working and trying and trying to um, do it all because he's living inside of us, because he's empowering us, because he's um, reigning in our hearts. We do, we know why we do what we do. We have like our motivation, which should be love. We know what we're supposed to be doing, what each of us individually are called to do. And then God is responsible for the how. He produces the fruit. He dwells in our hearts. And that is why it's different. And it flips everything on its head from where we would otherwise like be working really hard for God's acceptance or working really hard for, to produce this fruit. No, we surrender and he's dwelling in us and guiding our lives. And we surrender to that. So Bethel, the house of God, God chooses to dwell in you. And then, uh, Phil Wickham released a song. Uh, I think it was the beginning of this year called there's joy in the house of the Lord. You should go look it up. But I loved his explanation for the song. It was so fun because it's at the beginning of when churches were starting to meet together more and churches 
are the house of God. Like we see that imagery also used. But with his song, he was reminding us that we are the temple and there's we are the house of God. And we we are what where God chooses to dwell. It's not just in a building. It's not within a four walls. He can't be contained. And mm, there's joy in our hearts because he puts that joy there. He gives us fulfillment and freedom and confidence and boldness. We have boldness to enter into the holiest of all because Jesus is living inside of us and we've been given his righteousness and full access. So let that go maybe read Ephesians 3. Go listen to the Phil Wickham song, um, The House of the Lord. Let that shape your heart today and let your that shape the direction that you're... Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. But uh, with Bethel, stand in awe of that. Awe and wonder. That's the heart of true worship. And that will change everything. If you need your day to... Maybe you need a little bit of shaking up in your day. Stand in awe a little bit of that amazing truth that God has chosen to dwell with us. And he's living inside of you. He will not leave you where the Holy Spirit may have come and gone in the Old Testament. He promises never to leave us. And Jesus has made, like, it's not, I don't really love the uh, language of let Jesus into your heart or let Jesus be Lord of your life. But it kind of fits, and that's why people use it. But Jesus is reigning and ruling in our hearts and dwelling in us. Because um, Bethel, house of God, that's how God chooses to dwell on this earth right now. And we can be instruments of that light and let him shine through us. Let his light shine as we're rooted and grounded in his love, as Ephesians 3 says. So have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I would love it if you would share this episode with a friend so that they can hear this encouragement and be empowered in their walk with Jesus as well. It would also mean the world to me if you would leave a rating and review on Apple for the Abundant Grace Podcast. It really does make a world of difference in getting this podcast into other people's ears so they can be equipped in their relationship with God as well. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram, emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email, hello at emilyklewis.com. That's emily, the letter K, L-O-U-I-S.com. And until next week, remember that God's grace abounds and won't ever run out.